Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship and communication coach, and I'm excited to talk with you today about attachment style dynamics. Attachment styles, uh, I have found, has been just the most efficient way for me to build self-confidence, security in myself, and be able to kind of radiate that beautiful relationship that I have with myself to others so that I can show up securely, safely, honestly, vulnerably, bravely in relationship with others. I'm talking friendships, romantic relationships, multiple partners, friends, family, coworkers, all of them. All of those relationships are so important to our lives. And this is just all about exploring how to make those relationships safer. So today I'm talking about the age old theme that often occurs in the attachment style conversation, which is about the anxious avoidant dynamic. And this is such a common dynamic. It's often called the anxious avoidant trap. I'm not going to call it that today. I'm just going to call it the dynamic because trap feels very end of days. And so there are some beautiful things that occur when an anxious and an avoidant get in a relationship with each other. And I am going to cover that today. So before I get into this topic this week, I, as always, have my own little check-in. And first of all, today's Valentine's Day. Let's just celebrate that. If you are listening to this episode and you are single, I hope that you are doing something special for yourself today. Maybe that's just a piece of chocolate. Maybe that's a bubble bath. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's like listening and dancing in the kitchen, your favorite song, texting a friend. But I just want you to celebrate yourself today and the love that you have with yourself. So, and if you're in a relationship, I hope you're just having the most yummy, gooey, ooey, romantic date ever, or just like moment, (laughs) whatever this day is allowing you to have. I hope that you're enjoying it. And if you're abstaining, I also respect you and get that too. And I celebrate you as well. So for my check-in today, I am almost one week through my quitting sugar journey. It's been exciting. I'm now to the exciting phase of it where I'm like, what can I eat? Like what fruit or what exciting little snack can I have today that's like getting me a little bit closer to nature? Just to give you background, I um, last week decided to quit eating sugar and flour. And those I have really built up my addiction to sugar and flour over the last couple of years, um, especially quitting alcohol and also caffeine, as I talked about last week in my intro. So it's been a huge shift for me to do this. And I'm really really excited about it, to be quite honest. Um, Grocery shopping, meal prepping seems to be a really important key piece to this. Um, I have been hesitant to eat out because there's so much sugar in everything. My grocery store trip like took double the amount of time because I had to look like, okay, does this have sugar in it? Turns out salad dressing has sugar in it. A lot of hot sauces have sugar in them. A lot of like meat rubs have sugar in them. There were just like some things I was pretty surprised and bummed about. But on the other hand, I got to like, I picked up some beets to roast and have for dinner and I had them last night and they were incredible. So I'm trying to really not focus on like what I can't have, but instead focus on what I can have. And the cool thing about this, 
is that it's not dieting. I'm not trying to force my body into like looking different or shaming myself because I want a, you know, a sugary thing and I can't have it. Instead, I'm like, I'm not allowed to eat sugar, but I'm opening the door to all these other healthier fruits and vegetables. And that to me is like such an insanely huge difference. I like suffered from diet culture for so long, a lot of body dysmorphia. I mean, I'm still working on my relationship with my body and creating like body positivity and just unshakable body love. Not only is it a process, but it's a cycle. Like on certain parts of my cycle, I am not my best friend in the mirror. Um, I'm learning how to be my best friend in the mirror. Let's just say that. (laughs) So I'm excited. I'm to the exciting part of the journey, which is really fun. And I'm really actually looking forward to being like a few months in where I can feel like I'm, I've got the energy. Um, my skin's looking amazing. Those types of things where like, I've got some space from eating sugar and I get to be like, I am so excited about this. So, so far I'm so excited and I think it's just going to (sighs) grow. Okay. That's it for my check-in today. Thank you for listening. Let's get into this episode. So I want to just start by talking about the dynamic of the anxious, preoccupied and the dismissive avoidant. So these particular attachment types are on the opposite end of the attachment spectrum. And I call it the attachment spectrum because we're often not necessarily all the way anxious or all the way dismissive avoidant or in the middle, all the way fearful avoidant. We're all the way secure. We can be secure leaning one way or the other or, you know, towards fearful avoidant. So I want to point out that they're oftentimes at the other opposite ends of the attachment spectrum. And what happens when the anxious preoccupied and the dismissive avoidant get together is they really attract each other. And the reason that they attract each other is that the anxious preoccupied is looking unconsciously, like they have no idea they're doing this, but they're looking towards the dismissive avoidant to learn how to be more independent. And then vice versa, the dismissive avoidant is learning how from the anxious preoccupied to be in community with others and be able to process with others. So there's this like beautiful need at the bay, like the bottom, the foundation of why these two attachment types are oftentimes attracted to each other. But what happens after they start a relationship is, and again, this is so unconscious. I just want you to like feel, I I want you to have so much empathy for both sides of how this different attachment styles are, you know, patterned in relationships because they are just acting out old, old, old patterns that they picked up in childhood. This is like something that they learned or created on their own because they had to survive and stay safe growing up. So I really want you to have empathy for both attachment styles in this situation. So the anxious preoccupied is typically in relationship looking to the other to soothe them. They love constant communication, love it. And they really want to be in community with others. They have a big fear of being alone. They have a tendency towards depression. They love love. And so on the opposite end of the uh, attachment spectrum is the dismissive avoidant. And the dismissive avoidant really, really likes to soothe on their own. And so they need time. They need space to process. They don't actually feel like it's safe to process with others. They oftentimes struggle with sharing or even knowing what their emotions are because it's just not safe. They weren't safe growing up or they were made fun of for having them growing up. They fear, they have a huge fear of rejection and embarrassment. 
And they really are looking to the anxious preoccupied to to help them soothe or learn how to soothe with others, but it can be really triggering and traumatizing to do that. So what happens in this dynamic, and oftentimes it starts with the anxious preoccupied, they really need that closeness. And so they can be like, for example, texting all day long and the dismissive avoidant can feel trapped, swallowed, cornered, whatever the word is that you resonate with in this, um, in this dynamic. What happens is they feel like the anxious preoccupied is just coming on a little too strong. Dismissive avoidant is afraid of conflict. Both of these attachment types are so afraid of conflict, but they deal with it in different ways. So the dismissive avoidant is afraid to share their needs because it wasn't safe to share their needs growing up or to set boundaries. And so they avoid it at all costs. And oftentimes they will resort to passive aggressive communication styles in order to just get their need back like very quickly. Like, can't talk right now. Why do you need to talk all day? So they can feel really, really, really cornered by the constant communication. And they don't necessarily have the right communication tools to actually share like, Hey, I'm here. I can't talk right now. I will be available at 5 p.m. tonight. Or I will be available tomorrow morning. They don't have the tools to just be able to say like, you know, like I can't do this right now, but I will be available in the future. Instead, they're going to resort to like some sort of like passive aggressive comment that comes across pretty hurtful to the anxious preoccupied. And so then what happens is the dismissive avoidant wants to like, let's say this leads to a bigger fight. What's happening in the, in the fight dynamic is the dismissive avoidant will want and need space to process on their own. And when they ask for that, that is actually really hurtful to the anxious preoccupied. So the dismissive avoidant is asking for space and that space is the biggest fear to the anxious preoccupied because all they want is that closeness. They want to process together. Space is the enemy. Space is the death of the relationship. But what's happening on the other side is the anxious preoccupied also does not have the tools to share their needs. So what happens is they are actually sacrificing their needs and their boundaries through prioritizing the relationship. So, okay, you need space. Like I'm going to really struggle with that. And I don't know how to ask you to come back, give me a hug at a certain point of time. Like, let me know when you're ready to communicate. So it's like, it builds this resentment, which might be a really familiar word for you listening to this episode. If you're in this type of dynamic, it really builds this resentment actually on both sides because the anxious preoccupied is threatened by this space and the dismissive avoidant needs this space. And so neither side is, is really competent at sharing their feelings, being vulnerable, sharing their needs, or setting a boundary in a loving, supportive, but honest and like really firm way. This is kind of the dynamic that just keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening, but they're still so attracted to each other because they know like at at the bottom of it, that there's something to learn from the other. And this cycle, honestly, just keeps repeating itself, keeps repeating itself. And what you can do to start to get out of this relationship, and I don't mean like leave the relationship, I just mean to change the relationship if that's what you want is step one, just to learn about your attachment style. 
learn about the patterns, the common patterns. You can do that by listening to all the episodes on this podcast, particularly episode 102, where I go into the intro uh, uh, to attachment styles. But you can start to learn about your attachment style and you can start to educate your partner about their attachment style. And through that education, you can start to learn, is this person open to doing this another way? Is this person open to healing their own attachment style? Are they open to the conversation? If not, I want you to think about, and this is the this was the tool and advice that Thais Gibson from the Personal Development School always gave. Set a timeline. Give your partner three to six months, however long you want to give them to start, like show them that they're going to start to make change, that they're open to it, that they're interested in learning. And it doesn't have to be at the same speed as you. I just really want to point that out. Like the fearful avoidant can typically lean at the opposite end of the spectrum that they're in a relationship with. So if you're fearful avoidant, you can just kind of listen to the cues of how the different dynamics like are playing out and start to realize like, okay, how am I playing out in this situation or this situation? Because chances are that will show you which side of the dismissive or the anxious spectrum you're leaning. Okay, so going back to the timeline. So what's happening with for the fearful avoidant is they have a high need for learning and growth. So oftentimes when they start to find this work, they're like obsessed, they're doing it all the time. They learn really quickly, really fast, and they can make some huge change like really quickly. Same with the other attachment styles as well, but the fearful avoidant has that like that kind of built into their nature. And so you might go further and faster than your partner (laughs) who might be a little bit slower, but still open. So I want you to really identify like, what are the smallest changes that I'd love to see in three to six months? And then if those changes aren't made, then you need to start to make the decision. Is this the right relationship for you? Because if you don't make this change, it will only get worse. I can say that from experience. It will only get worse. So I had been hesitant to share that kind of three to six months tool, but I I really do believe it is the truth. And I give that to you so that you can, you know, it just gives you like a little bit of hope and a little bit of a firmer boundary, um, a goalpost to start to strive for while being super generous and super forgiving at the same time. One other thing that I just totally forgot to say that I just want to add is that when the anxious gets into the relationship with a dismissive, when you're in a relationship with someone else that has an insecure attachment style, you naturally, without even thinking about it, lean to the other side of the spectrum. So if you're in a relationship with someone that's a little bit more anxious and you yourself are like fearful avoidant or tend to be dismissive avoidant, you're going to lean a little bit more dismissive avoidant and vice versa. If you are in a relationship with someone that's a little dismissive avoidant, you're going to start to lean a little bit more anxious. And it's just that like, it's totally unconscious. It's not something that you're actively thinking about. It just starts to happen because of the relationship that you're in. It's very interesting. And like the word uncontrollable comes up, like you're not specifically thinking like, okay, this is how I'm going to over communicate so I can get something out of this person. It just kind of happens. So I hope that you can be so gentle and so forgiving and so empathetic for you and whoever you might be in a relationship with that might be on the insecure attachment spectrum. And I just want you to know it is a hundred percent possible to change your attachment style. 
I've done it. I've seen many, many other people do it. It is absolutely possible. And I'd love to help you do it. So I offer one-on-one coaching to folks that are interested in creating secure, safe, really trusting relationships through communication and understanding your emotions, being able to set boundaries and sharing your needs. And I help you with like all four of those categories. My program is really amazing. It's one-on-one coaching weekly with accountability during the week through text coaching. I assign worksheets to do nightly so that you're actually like doing the work, those tiny little steps to make the change. So if you're interested in seeing if the program is the right fit for you, you can book a free discovery call at sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. I very much hope to see you there. And if I don't see you there, I very much hope to see you right here next week. Thank you so much.